Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here's my favorite rant for the day, excerpted from our podcast, which you can find over at TomHartman.com. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Two simple changes to U.S. law, both things based in other laws that we already know and like, could solve most of America's gun violence problem. Writes uh, this guy Tom Hartman over on Alternet today. It just went up. It's uh, very top of the page. Hang on just a second here. Sorry, my microphone fell. Uh, and we're getting it. We're getting it. There we go. Okay. Two simple changes to U.S. law, both based on other laws. Treat, number one, treat all semi-automatic weapons in a similar way under the same laws as fully automatic weapons. See, back in the 30s, Tommy guns were a big problem. In the late 20s, early 1930s, we had prohibition. Alcohol was illegal. Uh, thus, all these uh, alcohol gangs, you know, sort of like drug gangs, emerged. A predictable consequence of prohibition, although that's a whole completely separate conversation. But the, uh, the, the alcohol gangs, the, the Al Capone groups and whatnot, uh, they, you know, they, they used the state of the art at civilian killing weapons technology, which at that time was the Thompson uh, machine gun and, and uh, you know, other types of automatic fire weapons, fully automatic weapons. We said, we, the nation, collectively, in 1934, with the passage of the Uniform Gun Control Act, or the National Gun Control Act, we said, no, we don't want automatic weapons on our streets anymore. And we banned them. And they are, uh, actually, we didn't ban them. What we did is we said, you have to prove that you actually have a need and a use for this, and then you have to pass a fairly exhaustive background check. You have to submit your fingerprints and your pictures to the to the uh, FBI and to the uh, ATF and, you know, and pay a $200 fee and we'll give you a permit and you can buy a gun. But very few people are so committed to owning a gun that they will go through, you know, what is frankly, you know, the same neighborhood of as much work as buying a house, you know, getting a credit approval and going to the bank and filling out the forms. In fact, I'd say probably buying a house is more complicated uh, in terms of total time investment than getting a license or a permit to, to own a fully automatic weapon. But still, very few people have fully automatic weapons, and we haven't had a single mass shooting, to the best of my knowledge, that was committed by one. 
So used to be we basically it was automatic weapons and then, you know, uh, revolvers on the pistol side and, and bolt action or break action or, or uh, uh, what's the word uh, from the rifleman uh, that he used to use uh, as a third kind of action where, you, you know, you basically have to recock the gun every time that you, uh, that you use it. And they've, they were, they've been replaced largely in the last 30 years. I mean, go back and look at your cop shows from the 60s, 70s, and even the early 80s, throughout the 80s. Uh, police officers all over the country mostly carried revolvers. They didn't carry semi-automatic pistols. But as drug prohibition, largely from the Nixon drug wars, spread across the United States and then started infecting Mexico and other countries, the drug gangs started, like, just like the alcohol gangs in the 30s were using uh, fully automatic weapons, the drug gangs started using semi-automatic weapons because they were the current state-of-the-art in killing civilians. And, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the AR-15, the AK-47, the, the, uh, the, the, the Ruger makes a pistol, Colt makes an auto, there's a whole bunch of these semi-automatic weapons. With a semi-automatic weapon, when you fire it, the recoil, the, the, f the backward force that is the result of the forward you know, expulsion of the bullet, uh, is used, sometimes it's gases also, but typically it's just the recoil is used to uh, expel the, the, the spent shell, drop a fresh shell into the, into the chamber, and recock the gun. So you can shoot as fast as you can pull the trigger with a semi-automatic weapon. And so number one, I'm just saying, you know, hey, let's treat semi-automatic weapons the same as we treat, as we treat uh, fully automatic weapons. <laughs> very simple, very straightforward stuff. You got, uh, okay, on the right, uh, it's lever action, pump action, bolt action. That's, that's uh, with, uh, with firearms, number one. And number two, and I've said this a million times for the last 15 years on this program, I was writing about it before then, um, I don't understand why we don't simply regulate guns the same way we do cars. It's completely in line with the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution actually mandates Congress to build roads. Now, yeah, I get it. They refer to them as postal roads, but the whole point is, you know, if you're if worthy of getting the mail, you have a public road to your, to your house. In other words, the right to drive a car, they didn't even need to add an amendment for that or to ride a horse or draw a carriage. That, that was a given, right? You have a right to own a car and drive a car. You don't, however, have the right to do it in a way that's unsafe. It has to be registered, you have to be licensed, and you have to demonstrate proficiency to get that license, and you have to have liability insurance. Why not just do those same three things for guns? Then you have a so-called free market solution in that the insurance companies will somewhat police gun owners, because they're the ones who will be on the hook. You have a human being inserted into the process. You know, if you show up for your driver's test, and it's, you know, your very first one, and you have to actually do the proficiency part where you go out on the test driving range with the, with the driving instructor, and you're bizarre or loaded or, or severely mentally ill or disabled in some way that should prevent you from driving a car, it becomes obvious to that human being. They don't need to be a psychologist. I mean, it's pretty much anybody can tell somebody who really shouldn't be driving a car, just like they probably can tell, at least on the surface, somebody who shouldn't be owning a gun. 
plus the chain of ownership established by the title and, and registration of the gun from the time of its manufacture until the time of its destruction would clean this up. So two very simple laws. Treat semi-automatic weapons like fully automatic weapons, which are not banned under law, and treat, or not fully banned under law, and which means, by the way, what's left over if you take the semi-automatic guns out of the equation and simply say these are only things for the battlefield or for police departments. What's left over are revolvers, you know, five-shooter, six-shooter, eight-shooter, ten-shooter. I think somebody even made a 12-shooter at one point. Uh, but, you know, you've got the, the cylinder in there. You've got to replace every shell, you know, one at a time. It takes a little bit. Yes, there's auto-loaders, which speed up the process, but still, you have to stop and reload and, you, and periodically, and, and you can't have that many shots. It's self-limiting. Keep in mind, the guy who shot Gabby Giffords was only able to murder six people and wound several others, including Gabby Giffords, before he had to eject his 33-round 33, 33 magazine and try to get a new one, a fresh magazine, out of his pocket to insert into his gun, at which point a 74-year-old guy tackled him to the ground. Yes, a 74-year-old unarmed guy who he had just shot. So this is just, it's, it, this is like, this is not rocket science. If, if the only civilian pistol that could be used was a revolver, and the only civilian rifles that could be used were bolt action, lever action, and, and break action, you know, you break the gun like a, a shotgun, you pull the shells out, put the new shells in, lever action like the old Rifleman TV show, you know, you crank this lever underneath the gun and that ejects the spent shell and loads the, you know, inserts the new one and cocks the gun, uh, you know, or bolt action like the old military rifles where you, you, you jack out the shell, the, the spent shell and, and insert the new one. If all rifles were in those categories, you've got, you know, Sports shooters, uh, hunters, self-defense people, they all have weapons that they can use. Your right to bear arms is intact, and society is safer. What's wrong with this? Can you push any holes in this? This is the Tom Hartman Program. And did you catch yesterday how Republicans, after they voted not even to have a debate about gun safety in Florida, then voted to, to say that pornography was an evil? On our program today, we discussed the piece, uh, my new article published on Alternet, about two simple changes to U.S. law that could end the gun violence that we have. And we go through all the detail on that, number one. And number two, Thomas Lindsay is on the show telling us about how communities are reclaiming their power. It's an extraordinary segment. Check it out. You can get the entire show, commercial-free podcast at TomHartman.com. You can see clips of the show right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter.